welcome to this happy podcast. I'm your host, Matt Palmer, joined by John Grasso and Paul Jarzembowski. After a two-week break, we are back. And we're discussing the most jaw-dropping moments we have experienced on a Disney attraction or at a Disney event or a show. Is it a special effect, animatronic, a drop on a big hill, or something else? We'll get to that. But first, welcome, fellas. Welcome to the new Encanto podcast, fan podcast where we dissect. We don't talk about Bruno and... That's it. Do we not do we do we not talk about Encanto again? <laughs> this, this podcast is being recorded in Colombia. <laughs> we've just gone all in, all in. We are We're all in. We are, we've discovered each other's gifts. We are hey, so wait, excited. Wait a minute now, come on. Wait, real talk, real talk, real talk. Putting all of us on the spot here. What would our gifts be? What would my Ooh. gift be? Uh, sarcasm. That doesn't count. You have to help the village, Matt. Um, I would be a very good cheerleader. I would be somebody who encourages. You can pick that up. <laughs> Make that more beautiful, please. So what you're telling me is you'd be the Encanto middle manager? <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. My door would just be like, it would just open up and be a spare bedroom. And that would be perfectly fine. I just need a good place to sleep at night. <laughs> give, give me that situation i'm perfectly happy with that uh, that sounds good to me i think i would just be able i think i, I i'm six three so my role in life is already to acquire things that are high up so i feel like i would just be like mr fantastic but in encanto i i like that i like that you got wingspan yeah right like i feel like i could i could that could be very useful for like when you have Christmas decorations in the attic or like a plate in a, in a higher, in an upper cabinet, very uh, non-nuanced, important everyday, everyday things for sure. Paul, what's your gift? I, I, I wax poetic. So I feel like I'd be like the, 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 well, I was about to say the village idiot, but more like, (laughs) or more like the village, like, like the, the, the town crier, the person who like stands on the street corner and, and starts to like pontificate or so you're Bruno. poetic. What's that? So you're Bruno. We don't talk about Paul. <laughs> you don't talk about me. No, I I just be endlessly talking. And so, uh, so I, you know what? Maybe I could. I'd be the negotiator. I would be the strategic person to get our town out of whatever problem it's going through. I'd talk to the other towns. I'd make deals. I'd, I'd be the town politician. You'd be Boba Fett, or you'd be the mayor's guy in Boba Fett. Gosh, no, we have no. the three most boring gifts. <laughs> <laughs> Pragmatism. We're very pragmatic. When is Lin Manuel Miranda going to write a song about that, Matt? <laughs> Actually, Just these he did. three boring guys. It was called Hamilton. <laughs> so true. <laughs> he wrote a song about my gifts and he wrote the he wrote, and i'm oh. the lead character in hamilton oh no we can't if we start talking about hamilton we will literally be here all night so it's true and kanto got me kicked on a kicked off on a on a hamilton kick and then Macbeth did as well so i'm knee deep in in linwell miranda uh linwell miranda um 
fandom right now. And I think that's uh, a good place to say what's making us happy this week. Um, oh, yeah, we, should, we were doing a podcast. I forgot about that. Yeah, I, you guys were just talking about what's making you happy. And <laughs> I have true. to be like the odd man out here because like I loved Encanto was wonderful. But you guys have taken that fandom to a whole level where I was like, this is a very nice movie. But you guys have it's have so good fanboyed all over the place. Well, I enjoy getting on Facebook, getting on Twitter, getting on wherever and just posting. Hey, everyone. Can we talk about Bruno now? And then just watching the reactions happen because they're like, oh, great, you put that song in my head. I enjoy the chaos that Encanto is bringing into other people's lives right now, particularly parents of young children. I, oh yeah, like it's spreading across my neighborhood. Like my, my, my wonderful, wonderful neighbors and they're, they're beautiful children. We were walking with them the other day and I, I asked, I said, Elizabeth, uh, did you guys, uh, I have a question for you. Like what? So do we talk about Bruno yet? And Mr. John, we don't talk about Bruno. And it's the movie is called Encanto. It's not about Bruno. Like, it's just so wow. cute. Oh, wow. Oh, she's so smart. They're all great. It's just sweeping. It's like, it, I don't know, Matt. Happen. This is like Frozen, but, but Encanto. I mean, it, this is like a, a cultural phenomenon. Like, when is the ride happening? Yeah. Oh, when, when does Colombia get its own country <laughs> in the World Showcase Pavilion? It absolutely needs one. Oh, I think so. Yeah, no, I, I have thought that Latin America needs to be more represented in the park. So I, you know, anytime they want to start that, but as long as it doesn't go all frozen on us, you know, where everything is like, we've got a balloon for everything. So I don't see it happening because I mean, one of the, one of the things that came out of the frozen thing was that frozen could show how much money it made at the box office. It had dollars yeah. to show for it. And Disney and all the streamers don't boast how many people have viewed something. The one That's thing true. that that Encanto can do right now is say, look at all these rap albums in the top 10 right now on the charts. And then there's us. Yeah. So there's this moment of like breaking through the popular culture. And Encanto did that at a, like with a delayed schedule. Because it mm. dropped in the movie theater, what, in November? Yeah, we went to go see it the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and it was lovely. And I told you guys, I, 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 we, we absolutely adored it, but nobody was talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> Just like nobody talks about Bruno, nobody That's talks right. about Encanto. <laughs> and then that, it hit Disney+. Plus. I mean, yeah. did, is that when, uh, Matt, when did you, you, Paul, I know you said you watched it. Matt, you, you and your family watched it. When did you guys see it? About three weeks ago when it okay. debuted on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. It dropped and we watched it the same night as some other movie dropped on Disney Plus that like was one of those like former Fox movies that mm. like just kind of got dropped in the theater a couple yeah. months ago. And uh, so we did a double feature. And when Encanto was over, I was like, oh, the quality difference between the two is so remarkable. Yeah. Um, just from a pure artistry standpoint, the colors, the writing, mm. all of it. I mean, what we've done here at this Encanto podcast has been uh, to build around this show from here on, from, going from here on. Um, I'm sorry, Paul. I know this isn't what you signed up for. I'm going to, I'm going to go break off and do this Boba Fett podcast, you know, or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Paul, what's making you happy? Cause man, 
Matt, Matt and I have very clearly already shown the world what's making us happy. Well, I mean, it's only a few clicks over uh, from Encanto on the Disney Plus platform, and that's the Book of Boba Fett. But specifically, I, you know, as you all know, I, I love the music. I love the, the I love that kind of uh, that ambiance. And one of the things I am really jonesed about this week is just the score. Uh, and it's the same. It, well, it's actually, it's a it's a collaborative score between the composer of mandalorian and one of his basically his collaborators that he works with who've done this one but i love the music there it's got they've got some rich vocals in there it's it's deep it's it, i i keep um i keep humming it or thinking of it after it plays it just it it i think that the these new star wars um uh serials that they've got going on the streaming whether it's mandalorian uh, or, or this, um, I, I think that the music, we, I think no one's really talking, no one talks about Bruno and no one also talks about the music to these things as I think being a complimentary piece that people don't, subconsciously aren't realizing that's what's making them so good. Um, I mean, the, the acting is good, the visuals are good, but music, I mean, and that's really what made the Star Wars movies originally so good was the music of John Williams. Um, I mean, his music is that missing piece that nobody talks about, but if you didn't have it there, it'd be a show about laser swords. Um, it'd be Flash Gordon, but with John Williams, it becomes an epic. And the same thing with these shows and what Ludwig, and I'm going to mess up his last name, but Ludwig, the composer. Warrenson, yeah. Yeah. Um, he, his, his scores for this have just fit it so well. He understands uh, the genre of uh, that, that, that the, really the, the 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 genres that brought together um, Star Wars originally, which was the Western, uh, the samurai movie, um, and um, and Flash Gordon, um, <laughs> essentially, those three are the, the 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 soup that made up Star Wars, and they and and this right here, um, with the added bit of nostalgia of the original movies and what was good about the original movies. So you've got those elements, and the score actually you've got. You've got some uh, Japanese uh, influence. You've got Western influence, um, and you even got space influence, like the Flash Gordon type influence, into these scores that make them fly. So I'm also thinking about music, but uh, but it happens to be the music to the Book of Boba Fett, which that's got me excited this week. So I, I totally support that. I think it's amazing what he's doing. Um, you know, specifically with Boba Fett, I mean, the Mandalorian, the music I thought was was just tops. But uh, if I'm not mistaken, Tamara Morrison is from New Zealand, right? So I've, I've noticed a lot of sort of that uh, oceanic um, uh -huh. Maori influence that is working so seamlessly with the Western influence that you see in Tatooine um, that you identified so well. And I just think to combine these sort of it, you know these uh, cultural styles from from all over the world it, it's it's just star wars at its best it is because that's what star wars did originally um uh is that it brought those styles together in its visuals and its acting and its style and so and its look um but the same thing has happened once again and it's like i think with the prequels and the sequels they didn't quite get that the formula was not to just repeat the movies but to find out to to almost to go back to 
the source literature of sorts. I mean, this is kind of getting, see, this is how I'm going to get geeky here. Um, you know, like the original Star Wars movies had source literature, had had inspirations. So what John Favreau and Dave Fellini had done is they they didn't go back to the original Star Wars. They went back to the original inspirations for Star Wars and were re-inspired by what inspired George Lucas. And I think that creates a much more pure, ele- uh, you know, like uh, successor to the Star Wars legacy. And so, yeah. But good connection, good catch on the um, on the, uh, the 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 South Pacific, the the Maori influence in that tune. I think I have heard some instrumentation that definitely uh, complements Tamara Morrison's mm. uh, physique and 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 pr- uh, presence on screen, which I just love. I think it's yeah. so inclusive and and so I love it when Star Wars expands its horizons in a way that's authentically Star Wars. Yeah. Agreed. We just need to get the shows off of Tatooine at some point. Yes, I agree. I, I'm, I, I, I agree. Um, but I'm all on board. That's a great pick, Paul. Very, very um, cool. Who's ready to get into the main topic of the week? Yeah. Uh, yes, of course. We started with that. It's called Encanto. Oh, That's geez. right. That's right. It's the Encanto <laughs> show. <laughs> I'm ready, Matt. You, you kick us off. Paul's ready to bail. All right. So I'm going <laughs> to kick us off with what was my most jaw-dropping moment yeah. in a Disney park? Without a doubt, for me, it was when the doors opened after complete darkness atop the Hollywood Tower of Terror at Disney's California Adventure. It was one of those moments where that very few Disney rides disorient you. And that ride uses darkness so well that at one point when the doors open at the very top of the building, at the top of the show building. It just opens up and you see the entire theme park, California Adventure. And it was one of those moments that just, I don't even like drop towers. I hate drop towers. Uh, And this ride made me forget until that very moment that I was in a drop tower. Um, I was in a fully immersive um, experience there that, like I said, the darkness, the special effects, all those things that happened and they were just blowing my mind. But when the doors opened, it snapped me back into the reality of, oh, this is the point of the ride. And then quickly those doors shut and they dropped you down a couple, probably a couple stories and then yanked you back up and the doors opened up again. And each time that happened, my jaw was on the floor. I, I wish I had a photo of me. Very rarely do I like photos of me on attractions. I, I'm usually making the dumbest faces like the camera flashes. But in that moment, I wish somebody had gotten that photo because I know my brother was with me on that ride and I was in my mid-20s and nothing at that point in my life had prepared me for that moment of the door opening and realizing okay, we're really high up. And this thing completely took me by surprise. Um, and then when it does its final big drop, um, I was giggling. Because when that, that first time was just like this sort of like, oh, you got to fear for your life a little bit. And I'm pounding my chest right now. Uh, I can feel my heart racing. Um, but like that third one just had me laughing and roaring because every time was this beautiful, I knew it was coming, but it was still a surprise. Um, so the execution, the timing on that ride, uh, to me, uh, was beautiful. And I know now 
uh, in its new stage of life. It's it's a theme to the Guardians of the Galaxy in the new uh, Marvel's Avengers Campus at California Adventure. But I, I have ridden since that time, the one down in Florida, which is considered the superior version. Um, and as much as I love the one down in Florida, nothing will ever beat that first time when those doors open and everything was in plain view. So for me, uh, it was Disney's California Adventure the dearly departed, often intimidating and very scary Hollywood Tower of Terror. That is such a good pick. I mean, such a good pick. Uh, coming from the person that's only written Tower of Terror one time in his life because it makes him sick. Um, I can understand why many will still make the argument that Tower of Terror is the pinnacle of Imagineering. Uh, at least in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. Um, so just nothing to add other than you're a braver man than I and good pick. Yeah, you won't catch me on, on any other drop towers. But if that thing is, is open, I'm making a beeline to it because of just the various elements that all come together, the lighting, the effects, the animatronics. It's all like the way that they move the elevator itself. Um, all of that is an absolute experience. And if you get the right bellhop before your journey begins, oh boy, it oh, just yeah. kicks up a whole notch. Wait, we, so let me ask you this, Matt. How did, if you're not a drop tower person, how did you find your way to, to tower the first time? Because my brother told me, you're going to love this. Trust me, you're going to love it. Now, anytime in my life, my brother has said, trust me, you're going to love this. I have not loved it. <laughs> <laughs> my brother usually would set me up for something dangerous. And, and, and arguably he did, but he was so right on this one. He was so right. Um, thank God my brother told me to get on that because um, we did it at night too. Oh, um, Riding that during the day, like which I did at Disney World is one thing and it's really beautiful and it's, and it's still the experience. But when those doors open at night, uh, and the lights are flashing and you're getting sensory overload. Whew. It's hard to top. It's hard to top. Um, and yes, I agree. It might be the height of Disney Imagineering. I've watched the uh, behind the attraction special on Disney Plus a couple times. Um, and still I marvel at the engineering that happens behind the scenes on that. Um, John, what's your pick? Oh man. So uh, it's so hard because I, I do want to do sort of my favorite past attraction podcast at some point, um, uh, you know, we're retired or I think, but like uh, really, which I, I know we've sort of alluded to and done already, but I want to do my ode to illuminations, reflections of earth. And so uh, I, I have it up here on my, my second screen to, 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 to get ready for my normal uh, uh, opining about that moment where the globe opens up. Um, but I think for me, uh, I think that's a cop out and, and I will, the, my time to wax poetic about illuminations for an entire episode has passed and is coming. So we won't do it again this episode. Um, for me, uh, this was really hard because I think about all of the jaw dropping mo moments. I think of seeing the mountains of Pandora for the very first time. My, I imagine how I will feel when I see Star Wars land, um, when I go on Rise of the Resistance. But 
Um, I go back to uh, this one particular safari ride in Animal Kingdom, and it is not the safari ride that we were talking about in the pre-show, boys. It was um, actually the last time my family was able to go with my extended family on my mom's side uh, to Disney. And we were, um, we were, it was, actually was when Animal Kingdom was growing. It was like Animal Kingdom 2.0 is when Rivers of Light was still a thing. And they were doing the nighttime and the sunset safaris. And so I had booked us a nighttime safari, but we were trying to kill time before Rivers of Light. And we thought, well, let's go to the, let's go to a sunset safari. The wait is 15 minutes. Why not? And uh, I remember going going on it my mom loves the safari so it's one of the things i make sure she can't ride a lot of these rides that i make sure she does every single time we're there and we you know there's this moment you know you start the safari and you see the okapi whatever very cool very cool and you i don't know if you guys you know the fellows you guys remember this but when you pass the baobab tree to enter into the savannah for the very first time it was golden hour so it was like 6 15 the sun was clearly setting. You pass the baobab tree, and it was to this day. I wish I had gotten my camera out fast enough, but I, I just couldn't, so I gave up. The most breathtaking, awe-inspiring, jaw-dropping, immersive experience I've ever had in a Disney park because there were hundreds of animals on that savanna. Giraffe. Um, there, the uh, the not okapi but the the antelope the uh, prairie dogs the elephants i mean it when i say zebra is running around and gallivanting as if it was a scene out of the lion king like really truly when i say we pulled up turned around and the <laughs> safari captain driving the jeep broke character for a second he's normally like wow look at all these wonderful animals but we're pulling up and he just goes whoa and, and uh, we actually, they ended up, the cycle time must have been horrendous because all the other uh, safari vehicles were stopped because there was just animal crossings after animal crossings and they were playing and they were now fighting, but not like viciously fighting. But I mean, like when you picture what one would picture in their like dreamiest of moments, what a safari, a savanna looks like uh, in sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, that that's it. It was this picture perfect image that all of us were just completely blown away, stunned, speechless, like just rapt attention. And, um, you know, I've been to incredible national parks. I've been to Grand Canyon. I've been to Shenandoah. I've been to, you know, I've been to the, uh, continental divide in Ethiopia. I've been blessed to see, you know, Israel and Lebanon, uh, atop Mount Lebanon. And all those were wonderful sites in their own way. But uh, the fact that Disney could create something like that in, God bless it, Central Florida and make that, that vista stand in my mind uh, along some of the other incredible sites that I have participated in and been fortunate enough to see just as a testament to how incredibly immersive and jaw-dropping that experience is. And even me, who is like a Disney super fan, who knows how the rides work, who investigates all that stuff, turned to my dad and said, and to my mom on the other side, I don't know how they did that. I have no idea how they could accomplish something like that. And I've never been able to replicate it since. They were all animatronics. Every single one of them was Jungle Cruise, really, actually. What I meant to say was not the safari. <laughs> it was Jungle Cruise. And you know what, Matt? They were in the same position. 
<laughs> the next ride. It's uncanny. I wonder if yeah. those guys are ever going to climb that tree. <laughs> oh, boy can dream. So it was, it was, so you say it was at sunset. Is that the. So yeah. When... So it, the funny thing is, is so we, we had hyped up this evening safari that we we're going to go right. You know, when it was dark, right before the park closed, we were doing rivers of light going to the evening safari. Yeah. So that's the one I got the fast pass for rest in peace. And we just happened to be walking by um, Africa by way of Pandora. Um, we were walking by Africa and I checked the app and the wait time was 20 minutes. And I thought, well, before we go to Yak and Yeti, plug for a wonderful restaurant, uh, let's, right, let's, um, let's jump on the safari. And, and uh, I'm so glad it said 20 minutes, it ended up being like five, maybe 10. And it was just, uh, the funny thing is, is the, the Sunset Safari was absolutely remarkable. The evening safari that we went on, you hardly saw anything. And they had all this light to uh, theme it. It's as if you yeah. were going at sunset, which is amazing and very well done. But just to, after having seen it three hours or four hours prior at actual sunset, um, it was a bit of a letdown, which was kind of funny. Um, yeah, well, and you know, the way, one of the things I'm, I'm, I, I like about the safari area of Animal Kingdom is they have, I, I think, and this is this speaks to their, the ingenuity of the Imagineers and the designers is they've crafted the trees and the landscape to capture that. So they, you know, like I think sunrises and especially mostly sunsets because most people aren't in the park at sunrise for that ride, but they would be in the park for sunset. So I think they position the trees so that the shadows are mm -hmm. just right at sunset to cast a shadow over certain areas um yeah i the, the I, it's funny because you know that that the the safari is very natural it is natural but it's also very i don't want to say manufactured but it's carefully crafted so that your turns you you know the the the, the line of sight of what you are seeing in that landscape um is 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 often breathtaking but if you can get it at, at, at an hour and when the sun is at the low point in the sky shooting it's sunset rays yeah it does i think part of it is is really the how they've designed that space um, yeah that's a great I, point yeah I well i love to on, no, i have go ahead, gone Paul. on the the i have gone on the fake sunset um at night um which i was impressed by like i was actually more impressed um i was i mean i was impressed by it but i would i would agree with you that it it's still it doesn't hold a candle to the actual sun. <laughs> yeah. Actually doing its work on all of those things. Yeah. The, the, I mean, we've done the sunrise uh, safaris. They're as close to sunrise as possible. I mean, we always would rope drop Animal Kingdom. And that's where we'd go first. Because once it gets a little too hot, you don't see a lot of animals, which is great. I'm glad that Disney is not trotting out these animals in the heat of the day. But uh, the, the actual sunset, you know, when they were, and they were all feeding too, was, I guess it's the time of the day, but you, you noted something that I think um, bears repeating. It's the um, exquisite imagineering that went into the safari so that you really, unless you're looking, don't see animal enclosures or barriers. Um, you don't feel uh, as though, um, 
sometimes, you know, I love zoos very much, but sometimes you go to a zoo and, and I'm left thinking like, like, are the animals really happy? But like Disney does such a, an intentional, I mean, there, and there are specials, an intentional job of taking care of the animals in animal kingdom that um, I think it just makes a difference. And the spaces that are crafted for them are so intentional. They're crafted as though they were crafted for guests in the park as well. And it's, um, yeah, the safari just takes my breath away every time but this one in particular i mean it stands up there with some of the most beautiful things i've ever seen in my life and it was in a theme park in central florida all right Paul? <laughs> so uh, yeah i too like you was running in my head through things and and disney does a very good job taking your breath away um and not just the the uh the, the song from top gun um now you've got that running through your head that's what you get for putting Bruno in my head. You get take my breath away from, from Berlin. Well, now you gotta sing it, Paul. Take my breath away. Ah, there it is. Dun, 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 dun. So, like I'm thinking, um, you know, I, I was with you in Animal Kingdom for a while because I was thinking of on Expedition Everest, um, you know, thinking about when the, when they make the the track both the time when they take you up and the track. Uh, switches and you fling backward and then that pause before it then switches again and you start moving forward again and you know those like the 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 fact that there's a hesitation and you have to literally wait for the track to turn does literally allow your breath to just kind of hold for a moment while you anticipate it so I was going to go there initially because that is one of those things I'm just like wow you know um, and then of course the the speed but I had to go I had to go back to my origins. Um, and if I'm gonna go anywhere, I'm gonna go back to Epcot. And um, you kind of talked about an extinct extra attraction in the sense that um, you know the Tower of Terror at Disneyland has been overlaid. I'm thinking actually of the first time or one of the, or the earliest times I can remember when I went on Spaceship Earth. And you know, you're you're climbing up and you know, if, if I don't know, some people are like me, some people are not, but you know, I, I'm a little, I'm a little frightened of a little bit of the roller coasters. And so, you know, in a way, Spaceship Earth is one giant like uphill, like you're doing, because you know, you're going up. And so throughout the whole ride, you're just going up, 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 up. And then for me, the breathtaking moment is when you get past um, whatever that last scene is. Right now, it's the Steve Jobs in his garage. Um, I know it was something else before that. I think that's when I first initially saw it. But you leave that, you enter into a star field, and you actually, you get into darkness, and you start, you, you almost feel like you're out in, in the, in the um, on a dark night in the Western United States, um, because all the different things look like they're like the, the 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 mountain ranges of um you know monument national park but in the dark um and you're looking up and you see the you see you see the earth um and you see the stars it's beautiful it's just you know and 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 then what you you look up and you start to realize that's the top i have reached the top of spaceship earth i it looks like you can almost see the underside of the ceiling or the roof of Spaceship Earth. Um, and so you, you, at that point, after having gone up, 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 you're liking that, that anticipation of a roller coaster. You know you've reached the top. 
And so you know, like, oh, there's no what you there's no more up to be going here. I have reached the top of the ball. And then the ride turns around. And so kind of like Expedition Everest, you know, you're going, oh, we're going to go backwards. Um, but it takes you back and you're kind of bracing yourself for, okay, I've been going up for the last couple of minutes. Now I'm going to have to go down and I have to go down backwards. And you're getting a little like there's that tenseness, especially as a child, you, you're, you're like, what's coming next? Because I've reached the top here. We're going to go all the way down now. And it slowly just sinks you down slowly. And for me, I remember growing up, that just took my breath away of we're going backwards, we're going down. And I'm going to say a little shout out for the extinct downward um, experience before the current version where you play on a computer screen in your car or in your little, uh, your, your your vehicle. Your Omnimover. Your Omnimover. Yes. Thanks for it. But before you didn't have that because, you know, um, and instead there were scenes and there was, and there was a song, Tomorrow's Child, that was playing. And there was images that you were seeing. And that shaped. was a banger. <laughs> a banger? Yes. In the best possible way, Paul. It's what the kids say these days when it's a, like, oh, or it's okay. a bop. <laughs> it was but it was it was it it just took my breath away because it number one we were going backwards and we were going downhill backwards slowly with this music but also with stars so there was this future there was this um and and right now you might look at it and go yeah that doesn't really take your breath away okay you go backwards but i, I can be honest with you it still does for me every time we turn backwards i get a little i i i jump a little inside i'm um because it reminds me of when i first experienced it and you know we're going backwards and actually there's some days i I wish there was a button that i could turn off the screen um so that i could just enjoy although it's now been covered over uh all the different shapes and experiences going down because it just takes me in that and they used to be able to do that um in fact, a couple of uh, the one of the last times we were in Epcot, the the ride, um, uh, the ride had one of those. Please pause um, while the ride, you know, do not please do not stand. The ride has been stopped, um, and so we were stopped in in the downward thing. So that was very exciting because I got to look around and go, you know, I'm like leaning over and looking around and seeing what's on different sides of the car. What's, uh, you know, what, what's, what, oh, look at that. You can kind of see what used to be there. Um, because, you know, I, I was very excited that we got to stop <laughs> due to a technical malfunction or something. Um, you know, and the saddest thing for me was, please stay in your vehicle. The ride is about to begin or is about to commence or whatever. And you're like, ow. <laughs> Um, so anyway, that for me, that experience going down still takes my breath away to some extent, but it definitely as a child, that, that, that unknowing of where you were going. Um, and of course the beauty of that ride and the beauty of the music again, that accompanies it. Um, and I am all about whenever they revamp spaceship earth, get rid of the screens. Um, let us enjoy that downward experience as it was meant to be experienced, not it's basically, it, it was almost like the, it was always anticipating us forever on our mobile devices constantly like, like, no, we don't need to be playing on the screen. Let's look around us because this is beautiful. So, so anyway. you want a not now, Judy, 
button that you can push. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't I don't want to no, not now, Judy Dench. Please no. Just, Everybody just, makes fun of her narration, but I really love oh, it. I, I love hate it. to say I think it is so exquisite. Oh, or it's fantastic. I'm not making fun of it. No, I just want her no, to No, 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 I know you're not, but everybody else does. Really? Yeah, um, it makes me so sad. Uh, my, my yeah, my vote, and I think she's a huge part of it. I love this pick, Paul. I love it so much. Spaceship Earth is like the coziest ride on property for me. I don't know why, but it's just such a special ride. So I I'm I, I appreciated in, that. In plastic seats, too, because you wouldn't think. You know, like those seats aren't exactly what I would call like, you know, cushy, seats comfortable, <laughs> but you do still feel cozy. Right. Yeah. It just is so cozy. It's like a spaceship Earth is like a warm hug. It's um, yes, it's very cozy. And and when you were describing how like when you turned backwards and you were wondering what was going to happen, my imagination went to what if after eight o'clock every night they made it. No Go fast. Breaks? Yeah, no breaks. Just like <laughs> Spaceship Earth after dark. Yes. It, like I'm 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 trying to visualize. Is are the Omnimover trains on there an unbroken chain or is yes. there ever a gap? No, there's never a gap. Never a See, gap. Yeah, th- there's famous carnival uh amusement park rides where they go in a, a a circle and just with a little bit of an incline and a and a decline. Um some of them are, I think, are called like Himalayan rides or something like that. So if they could turn Spaceship Earth into that after dark, just move a little faster, take the speed. Maybe they don't have to sit there and go, you know, they don't have to go breakneck speed, but right. just speed up the pace a little as you go. Yeah, I know. For all the Dame Judy Dench haters out there, I, 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 I think everybody's day could be improved if like once a day she just was able to phone call you and say the word Phoenician. You know what though, Matt, honestly, sometimes I'm on Twitter and I, and I look at the way people use the alphabet and I, I don't thank the Phoenicians. <laughs> <laughs> I curse the Phoenicians. That's not what she wanted. <laughs> you make the Dame Judy Dench sad. <laughs> All right, fellas. I think this is a great topic. I, and I appreciate everybody's uh, various jaw-dropping moments. I feel like I need to go to Epcot more. You guys love that place. It's, it's let's all go together. It's it's a, it's a family field trip to Epcot. Once they have, once they get down the construction walls, of course. Yeah, yeah, it's fair. Yeah, get me to that uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. <laughs> Even though I think you guys will be stuck at the uh, queue. I'm gonna ride it once and probably never again. Because I, I will be right. Yeah, I will be too. nauseous, but I, I have to do everything at Disney one time. Yeah, I, I'm all about it. Give me a, a roller coaster in the dark and let's see what happens. Yeah, with a backwards launch. So as long as you're not sitting across from me, you'll be good. All right. All right. It's a date. All right, fellas. This is a great episode to our listeners. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you can you know to email us at thishappypodcast at gmail.com. Share with your friends on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, We're going to take a question that Paul posed to John and I offline. (laughs) There's a potential of a trip to California, at least two trips to California in the coming months. Which Disney park do you do? Do you do both of them? 
Do you park hop or do you go to one twice? I need, we need to hear from our fans, our followers, what they think. Give hashtag, give Paul advice. Uh, <laughs> plan his Disney, his West Coast Disney journey, everybody. Um, please listen to us. Uh, subscribe on all the major audio platforms. Uh, you know what they are. You're listening to us. Share us with your friends as well. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Fellas, this was a great episode. Always great to talk with you. Everyone, we will see you real soon. We don't talk about Bruno. No, 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 no. Oh, jeez. Do I have to hear this again? Thank <laughs> you.